1: This is episode number 153 with our guest, Steve Seymour. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, thanks for tuning in and spending your time. The episode you're about to hear was recorded at one of our recent PodMax events. If you've been following me for any length of time, you've heard me talk about PodMax. You've probably tuned into past episodes that we recorded there. Long story short, it's an all-day, really cool event for high-level entrepreneurs Who, in the course of one day in person, get their message out as a guest on multiple podcasts in their industry. It's really cool because every hour you rotate into a different studio and record as a guest being interviewed on another show. Before we get into this episode, which again was recorded at a recent PodMax event. I'm going to let my business partner, Eric Cabral, give you the 60-second lowdown on why I adore being part of PodMax. You'll get it all. You'll hear it all. It'll all make sense. And right from there, we're going to go right into the episode. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, this is Jason Pfeiffer, the Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, and you're about to hear another episode that was recorded here at PodMax, an awesome experience for entrepreneurs to get on top-rated shows all in one day. I hope you enjoy. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the show. So good to have you joining us today. We are coming to you live from beautiful and historic. Did you know it was both of those things? Beautiful, historic Trenton, New Jersey, broadcasting as part of the pod max event i'm sitting across from uh, an extraordinary gentleman that i had the pleasure of meeting uh, just a couple of weeks ago when you sat in as uh, one of our guests for the live show it is steve seymour the owner of vanguard realty alliance what's doing steve
0: what, what's it doing? What is doing? What's doing? Right, And what, well, I, what is it? I'm doing? still trying to figure out why you're having me back because you had me here two weeks ago and I'm really shocked that you invited me back. But
1: And, and miraculously... Maybe spun. you're
0: as crazy as I am. So I hope
1: so. That would be a good, uh, a good dynamic. Yeah. Why, you're crazy? No, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah? I
0: don't know. A little bit. Who's not, right? Tell me. No, I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. <laughs> a crazy person would never admit that they're crazy. Come on. <laughs>
1: You do have a, glee- a g- <laughs> You have a glimmer in your eye though that there's a little we we all need crazy though. No, nah,
0: no. Nah, I I think I'm pretty bland really when it comes down to it, but but I I am interested to see why why you invited me to come back, so.
1: Oh, which this is this is funny cuz this is oddly enough the third time we're meeting in person, yeah. which there I I don't get to say that often is in- in The stars part- are aligned. Yeah, third time we met at uh- Must
0: be a future for us. <laughs>
1: With any luck, so you're the owner of Vanguard Realty Alliance. Where is that based out of?
0: We're based in Westchester Pennsylvania okay yeah and and that's and, it okay, it's historic and beautiful, just like Trenton,
1: yeah, and you you're here today where um we're more than halfway through the day. What are you making of this of of this whole get up here, this dog and pony show Oh I think will? this
0: has been great so far um I mean. I'm literally honored to be here because the, the level in which your guests are, like they're just all playing at a very, very high level. So I'm pretty inspired to even be running with the same crowd.
1: Yeah. You've had a uh, good experience so far.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So you you come from the the real estate space today. Was that always the case? Um
0: Yes, I guess. I mean, my dad's been in real estate. He was a developer, well, builder um, for 38 years. So from day one, I did grow up around it. Um, I've had many different ventures, not all real estate related. But um, yeah, I would say I've been in real estate since day one.
1: And you identify as an entrepreneur?
0: No, I would, I, I would, I mean... I don't know. That's a tough question. Yeah. What do I identify as?
1: It was it was designed to be so. I would, I
0: would say I don't identify as an entrepreneur, but you know.
1: But as a business owner.
0: I am a business owner.
1: Cause, so so, what is your role uh, within the context? You have you have uh, many agents um, with you and under you, right?
0: Yeah, we have about fifty agents, and um, you know, as an owner, I, I do see myself as a leader in the organization. I like to. My goal is really just it's flat out, you know, help agents build wealth in real estate. Like that's, that's what my mission is. That's why I do what I do. Um, you know, I think there's, there's a ton of different avenues out there in the world, but I've been able to do pretty well for myself and I might as well help other people do the same thing. Right? So if they, if they choose real estate as a path, um, I just think it's important for them to understand the investing side of it.
1: Why is it important to you to to help others?
0: Well, I I think that um, you know, you only get one life to live, right? So um at least at least as far as I'm aware, maybe you know something else.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> I love
0: it. If you get one life to live, then, you know, how much of that life do you get to live? And what I mean by that is how much of your life is driven by financial constraints. So when you when you go to decide where you're going to go on vacation, where you're going to go to eat, what you're going to do tomorrow, all that's impacted whether you think whether you think it is or not, it's, it's in the background. It's, it's, you're constrained by your finances, unfortunately. It's the, it's the society we live in. So if you get to live your life fully, money is a part of it. You know, I'm not saying money is the end all be all. It's not where happiness is created from. Mm-hmm. But if you really wanna be all that you can be, I actually think money is a really important part of that to, to master that part of life.
1: Was that always your, your outlook? Did you grow up with that outlook? Did you have money growing up? Did you want money? Did you understand what it was, what it was capable of doing? No, it was, just,
0: it was really just seeing things that I wanted and I couldn't have them because I didn't have the money, right? So the, the okay, I want this. Can't have it because I don't have it, right? And then I'd have to get it. So then it was just always me making money. And that's why I think when I learned about investing and having your money make money, it was like a light bulb went off.
1: What was making money prior in your life prior to the money making money
0: me? How so my time yeah. my life in That what? one life that I get
1: in what regard what industry what work
0: real estate? Well, I mean, you know, I, I did like buy and sell cars when I was in high school Oh, wow. and then you know got into real estate So I was selling houses and then I was buying and selling houses flipping them And then I was buying rental properties and you know still to this day I still work in my business, so I'm not gonna say I'm hundred percent hands-off but there's other things that are at play, you know, people, processes and systems within my business that make me money when I'm not there. And then there's my money making money in my investments. So I'm getting to live more of my life that I was given in the sense that I wouldn't be able to do that because I'd always be trading my time for money.
1: What, what was the, um, at the root of all this? Tell us the story. I, I'm guessing that the beginning is uh, the, the incident with your father and grandparents.
0: Yeah. I mean, really for me, it was just growing up, you know, I had such a good upbringing, really loving parents and my, you know, um, the one thing where there was this underlying financial stress that just ate away at, at what we could do, the relationship with my parents, their communication. Hmm. So it just kind of was like that one pain point growing up that I was like, what, why is this such a big deal? You know? Um, I think that's why I focused on it and then you know I didn't grow up poor like we had food on the table never had to struggle worry about like when my next meal is going to come but I also grew up in a pretty wealthy area and we were I'm not going to say we were the poor in the rich area but I always felt like we didn't have what everyone else had you know we didn't have the fancy house we didn't have the fancy car we didn't have the fancy clothes we didn't you know, do the fancy vacations. And I saw that and it just it just ate away at me. It's like, why don't we have that, you know? So, um, and then I think digging in, just seeing that like, you know, how how short life is, that really kicked it up a notch. When, when my dad was diagnosed with leukemia in 2009, it really had me dig in and say, I gotta figure this out. You know, I was already on, I already had interest in real estate, but that was really the kicker where I was like, you know, watching my dad, um, I think I had told you briefly, but his father passed away when he was four years old. He was killed um, by a drunk driver in a car accident. And, you know, I feel like my dad was shortchanged by not having that father in his life, right? And my dad was there for us, but he also was, you know, always had to work so hard. And how, how much more of my dad would I have got to know if, if he wasn't so fully immersed in his business and working and all that. So it was like really seeing that and then seeing how hard he worked, how little of what he got to do in terms of what he wanted. And I'm not saying, he, he got to spend time with us. He was always, always made time for us. So I don't want to make it sound like that, but in terms of what's possible in a human lifetime got so, you know, squished Because there was always this need to always provide, right? So, and that's what his life was about. And he did provide. It was awesome. But what else would have been possible, you know? And I was just thinking for myself, like, I don't want to be in this position where my lifestyle and my income is reliant on me and me giving everything your time my, yeah. trading
1: your time right my time and my energy in exchange right? for the the dollar
0: yeah so that's that's really where the driver is and and you have to be careful cuz that's that's a you know that can turn into a vicious cycle but without realizing that how are you going to get out of it right so without realizing that if you don't create passive income you're never going to you're never going to be able to fully experience all the different things that you want in this lifetime in my opinion if you really get clear on what you want if you look around and see what's out there in the world and all that's possible 2019 coming into 2020 there's so much and I just know I'm 36 years old I haven't experienced even nowhere near a quarter or a third or anything you know of what I'd love to experience in, in this lifetime and be able to give back and so that has just been a driving factor for me, for me to say, you know what? It's really up to me to create this financial freedom, and with that, I, I, I saw that real estate looked like the most safe, secure, you know, tried and true path, where I've seen other people do it, and it just it just resonated with me.
1: I want to um, ask about something you said when you were growing up. You said you weren't the the poorest among that. Uh, income level growing up, but you did notice a, a a disconnect there, and you thought, why don't we have that and those things? Did that thought stay in your head, or did you ask ask your your family that that question?
0: I think a lot of it was really internalized you know, it wasn't, it wasn't directed towards my parents. And like, why don't we have this? I'm sure, I'm but sure But even just to out. get
1: like a logical answer, not even like accusatory, but just, yeah, hey, what's no, happening? I, I think
0: it was really just internalized and it just created internal pain. It was just my, my strong suit was to be quiet and not say anything about mm. it. Right. So I got really far in life by being quiet. And, you know, I had to have a breakthrough in that in my early twenties, but the reality was the, you know, um, Th- that pain, I think that was an internal thing for me that wasn't really fully expressed because I didn't really even know what it was. You know, it took some li- looking back on that as an adult to really see where these habits had developed.
1: You said something interesting, that your strong suit was being quiet. So for me, um, I was quiet in a different way because I would um, I would show up inauthentically to kind of protect my, my true talent and ability because I didn't want to make for an uncomfortable situation. All kinds of irony wrapped up into that, but you said your strong suit was being quiet, so it, it you used it as as a strength, or are you just saying that that's for better or worse that's how you showed up
0: i got I got far enough by being quiet, meaning you know don't talk to me, you know leave me be, let me have my my space and that was, I was extremely quiet in high school and I got through all of my, you know, high school and early college years that way. And I just realized it only took me so far. And it, it took me re- recognizing that that's not who I was, it's just how I was being.
1: What were you, why, why were you being that way? Do we know?
0: Well, I think it absolutely relates to early childhood things, right? So, like, we all develop a certain way. And for me, you know, it was, it was easier to not upset the apple cart. It was easier to not say anything, right? So just, you know, deal with it be quiet, kind of step back, watch, observe the situation. And that's, that's how I played out, you know, a lot of my childhood, which, which is, it's a shame, but it, you know, it also, I think has helped me develop a way to kind of look at the bigger picture, you know, versus like always jumping in and having something to say, sometimes hearing the whole thing and observing the situation. Hmm. So, you know, and now I've developed a whole nother side of myself, which is actually to, you know, use my voice and speak out and to help people. And, you know, this is, this is why I'm doing this type of podcast, you know, like I like public speaking because it's outside my comfort zone and it it forces me to, you know, be who I say I am, which is, you know, contribution. So if I have something to share and that's valuable, I need to speak it out. You know, I need to, I need to help people. And I'm not saying what my information is going to, you know, uproot your life and change it for the best, but, but maybe someone on here will hear something that will help motivate them to, you know, take that, internal decision and make it resolute that they're going to create financial freedom for themselves. And that's really, you know, that's really what my message is, is if if you're not, if you haven't made that decision or if you're working on that decision, but there's not clarity, you know, I really want, you know, just to let people know that that's a normal thing. That's very common for most people that are doing this type of business to, you know, not get clarity until they take steps and then that clarity comes over time and but the first thing is that decision that i'm going to do this
1: Hmm. what was the the breakthrough you referenced uh from being quiet something in your early 20s yeah I, i actually took a
0: seminar that just made me it was like a you know crash course for my brain and reset my whole wiring in terms of who i thought i was right so up until that moment in time i thought i was a shy person I didn't realize that I wasn't born shy. I didn't, <laughs> you know, my mom didn't deliver a shy baby. It was conditions that conditions and responses that made me that way. So until I could see that, I had no way of being any other way. As soon as I saw that, I realized, oh, wow, I can be another way.
1: Yeah, so you, I, I have a very similar um, story where w- what you're saying is you, you at a very young age labeled yourself in a very specific way as the shy person, and you just took that and validated that for yourself and out into the world. Absolutely, and it, and it responded accordingly. Yep, yep. Yeah, and what happened in the uh, what was this seminar like?
0: It's it's called Landmark Education. Oh yeah, and, yeah. yeah, So yeah, yeah. Landmark just opened my eyes. It just I realized I was being a certain way, and if I was wanted to have a different life, I just had to be a different way.
1: And it was that simple.
0: It was that simple.
1: But you had to embrace that thought and accept it and then say, okay, I'm going to do something about it.
0: I had to experience it, right? So it wasn't intellectually. I got to experience who I was and I got to see who I was. And then once I saw myself, it was just a realization. And, and from that point forward, you know, it was, a, it was a quick decision and I just chose to be another way.
1: And from an early age, going back to the story uh, with the unfortunate circumstance of your father as a four-year-old in the car with both of his parents, right, and uh, he was fortunate to survive. But that story and then thus seeing the person your father had to become in order to make his life work for you, that's what changed and colored and defined your path?
0: Well, it absolutely painted a big picture, right? It's everything. But that was, that was absolutely instrumental in it because I just felt like it was unfair. You know, I felt like my dad got shortchanged, you know, he, he, he didn't get to have his dad when he was growing up and then he watched his mom. She was, you know, my, my grandma was awesome, but she, she worked at Holiday Inn as a hostess till she was 72 and she never had a retirement. So I just saw that life was, you live, you work, and then you die. And it just, to me, just felt like there's got to be much more than that and And then I saw my dad get leukemia and I, you know, there's plenty of good memories and playtime and, you know, all these other things. But I was thinking, man, what percentage of your life do you really get? Like, are you getting 10 percent? You know, how many how many um, vacations are you going to have with the people you love between now and the time you die? Like how many impactful memories are you going to have with the people that you love before you die? Until you look at it like that, you're just like, you know, you're just going through the day to day and you get in this rat race and then everyone's just scrambling, work, 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 work. And, you know, and hey, I'm guilty of it. I I still work a ton. Right. And I'm keeping the bigger picture in mind. I'm working towards something that I'm going to create more time for myself. And I am.
1: And now you have you have a family of your own. What's that like?
0: Uh, so my, my fiance Tiffany and her daughter Gianna, my son Cruz, my, uh, Cruz Gianna's eight and um, Cruz is 10 months. So unfortunately, everyone's sick at home right now. Coming into this holiday season, it's not the best time to get sick, but it, it does happen. But, you know, seeing my son absolutely raises my why, right? It raises that bar to say, I, I don't even have
1: as much time as I thought I had, you know? hmm Ten ten months old, your son. Yeah, that's your first child. Yeah, what an experience being a father. Yeah,
0: it's amazing. It's funny because I thought it was going to be so stressful, like during the delivery, and it was the most peaceful thing. It was just like, you know, it was it was such a. I know she was dealing with all the pain. <laughs> right, She's dealing right. with all the physical pain. We have
1: to put that into perspective.
0: But the you know you see the these movies and these shows and the labor and delivery room It's chaos. You know, chaos. Yeah. It was so peaceful. I don't know if we just got super lucky. There was no one on the floor. Like there was no one else really at the hospital, just like the few nurses and, you know, it went super smooth. And my son was just like, you know, incredibly present in the moment when he was born, you know, they, I think they call it the golden hour where he just like locks eyes with you and just, I mean, it was everything I could have imagined. Plus, you know, everything I couldn't have ever imagined <laughs> if that makes any sense.
1: Of course it does. Do you, what was your thought um, growing up young with your father and then knowing his story with his father, what was your outlook and beliefs on what you would be like as a father or if you even wanted to embrace that role or how that would look? Yeah, I mean, I think
0: I I look up, at my dad is thinking if I could ever be as good of a dad as he was, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled like if i can ever even get close to that because because he worked so hard and he still made time for us and he still took an interest and he's extremely playful like that was all things that i was like wow this is you know if i could just be like him that's that's amazing and if if for some reason i can also create that financial freedom where i get more of that time that's just icing on the cake
1: Hmm. you uh you seem to have so much um, figured out with uh, an openness to experience, be vulnerable, learn and fail and mistake at things. Is that is that an accurate picture?
0: I failed a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely have a huge fear of failure and I still fail a lot and I still take risks and I, you know, take on things that are new and um, learning is just part of my desire to always have something new you know so like I have this need for uncertainty in my life it's a it's a high level need for myself which I've learned about it um, you know doing some personal work but the the learning aspect and always taking on some level of risk like I, I feel I feel like I'm relatively conservative but I need some level of risk reward in my life all the time and i like new things so you know doing this is new for me it's exciting it's you know and i think you need that right new experiences
1: yeah and um failing as as we call it we know that that's an inherent part of the game it's an ingredient
0: yep i've made some big mistakes and you know have i learned from them first time around not always sometimes i have you know but i don't think i could have learned from other people's mistakes at the same level as I learned from my own you know so everyone says well model someone that's successful so you can limit your failures and that's fine but that starts building up this fear of failing it's it's kinda reinforcing that you can't fail yourself right and I think you learn so much more by failing yourself you could see someone else make this mistake and I'm not saying do something absolutely foolish but you know I think one of the biggest things that set me apart is I just took a lot of action And and the reason I took a lot of action is because I really wasn't, you know, I just looked at the other side of it. What if I don't take this action? And then that is actually worse than if it fails. Right. So it's a risk reward ratio, basically. And the common denominator is taking action always wins.
1: Hmm. You brushed along about this um, doing personal work. What was kind of the personal work that you had to do?
0: Um, well, now on, I'll try to, I, I know we talked a lot about my background, and I hope I'm not boring people, but I think a lot of who we are is, you know, we're a combination of our parents, right? So I had this whole one dynamic from my dad, and I had this whole other dynamic from my mom, which, you know, she, my mom is an interfaith minister, but she's really a preacher, meaning, and she doesn't preach at service or, you know, she doesn't actively do that, but she's always preaching in life, always explaining to people about relationship with God and, you know your connectivity with with the universe and spirituality and family and relationships and that has always been a part of me as well so throughout my whole process um, of going through all the different real estate challenges and courses i've also realized that real estate's a platform for me to work on myself right to, to face fear to build relationships to have a deeper meaning a spiritual connection to fulfill upon my life's purpose like i i've I feel like I've been able to take a holistic approach in having that background that my mom's instilled in me where, you know, she, she was always encouraging meditation and yoga and, you know, staying open-minded and, and she's exposed me to all seven major religions. So I've had different, um, you know, different teachings and, uh, just always going back to, you know, what's most important and prioritizing, right? So it's very clear to me, and and she just literally just told me this last night, her number one priority is relationship with God. And it's like a lot of people don't have that, right? We're always looking for something external as our number one priority. And it's it's just very uh, short-sighted. It, it's bankrupt. It, it, you're You're going to have a bankrupt life if your main priority is something external, because Everything is, you know, nothing's, nothing lasts forever, right? So the, the, the timeless being that we are as human beings goes beyond our thoughts, our mind, our body, all that, right? And, um, you know, depending on what you believe, I don't want to offend anyone, but I, I think that, you know, who we are is eternal. Everything else, you know, is time bound, right? It's, it's from start to finish. So why put so much emphasis on anything that's time bound? when the only thing that's eternal is something that we can't even grasp here, you know?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. um, I'm I'm personally grappling with that um, these days. Uh, I I think what we're talking about, uh, to put it in layman's term, is a fear of death, right? Fear fear of the unknown. Um, I go back and forth personally trying to get over that fear and I try to sit squarely in that, in that realm to try to ease that fear of the unknown.
0: To me, that's like a a dog not trying to be a dog because we're human and we die and it's in our DNA to fear death. So it's like-
1: Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You said it's (laughs) it's in our DNA to fear death? Absolutely. It's a survival mechanism. Well, there's something very comforting about that. I've never heard that before. Instead of trying to rid yourself of that fear- No, it's you. Yeah, tell me about that. It's in our DNA to fear death.
0: Absolutely. Look at, I mean, just look at what happened if I came at you with a knife right now. You wouldn't even be able to control it. You would you would instinctively try to save yourself, you know, hmm. right? And I know I said I'm crazy. <laughs> no, but the, I mean, it's, it's just watch it. It's nature. It's human. Na- it's nature for any living being to survive. That's...
1: And then on the flip side of that, therefore to fear... Death. Yeah. To not survive. Absolutely. There's again, there's something so profoundly comforting that I'm gonna go and really meditate on and, and think about that. If it's in our DNA, I don't have to overcome that fear, right? I don't have to overcome that fear. I don't have to be ashamed by it. I don't have to beat myself up over it. I don't have to be embarrassed by it. There's something powerful in that.
0: I mean, the easiest way to prove it is when someone says, "I'm not afraid of death." Pull a gun out on them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just but there's no way. They're not going to not have that fear. Yeah.
1: So it's 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 in our DNA. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to sleep on that one tonight. Survival mechanisms. Yeah. Wow. And I like how going back to how you originally put it, um everything is um everything here is finite, start to finish, except who we are.
0: Yeah. which is beyond anything we can even comprehend. So you can't even think about it, meaning your mind can't even grasp it.
1: That's for sure. So what do we think about all day? What do we focus on? How do we? Make- what do I?
0: Oh, yeah. Or we?
1: Yeah, we. <laughs> I don't you, know what me. you focus on. Yeah.
0: I mean, I do focus. I do focus on finite things. Unfortunately, you know, it's 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 the world we live in. It's the human mind, right? But you know, I also try to keep some level of awareness in terms of what I'm doing. I I'm my focus is absolutely. You know, building wealth and I think where I get true fulfillment in terms of if I do get this one life to fully live, I have to be the best I can be and I have to bring the most to the world that I can bring. And that looks like me helping other people. And this is this is the path that I've chosen, you know, to lead by example, create wealth for myself, create wealth for others and and give them a little bit more of that that finite time back to experience who they really are.
1: I think being, like like we're saying, being present, however you can make that, that leap for yourself and identify really what that means to be present in the moment and uh, experience all that's possible. Hey, I thought this
0: was supposed to be about entrepreneurship and now we're talking about some deep stuff here. But isn't it? I think it is. I think knowing yourself, right, and, and entrepreneurs are risk-takers. We're modern-day hunters. We're, we're the, well, you know, the hunter-and-gatherer type. We'd be the hunters going out mm-hmm. and taking the risk because we know that it's finite, and the fear of doing nothing is not as fearful as – or you know, it, it, the fear of doing nothing is greater than the fear of actually taking the action. So we will go out and take the risk because that's what you have to – you have to take risk as an entrepreneur.
1: And that also translates to finding the meaning and purpose of your existence, right? Yeah, I
0: think so. I think it's important. I think it, to me, I've, you know, I actually did study yoga and I sat with a 82-year-old yoga instructor who who taught yoga for um, 40 plus years. And I asked him, I said, so what is the purpose, right? And he basically said, you're asking the wrong question. And I'm, I'm kind of taken back um like i like i just said it goes back to you can't you can't even fathom it with the human mind so by trying to figure it out you're just you're just creating internal stress which is actually taking you out of the moment and experiencing who you are so so it's beyond the mind it's it's it truly is you know our being is mindless the mind is the human aspect right that's but there's way more beyond that. So the, the human mind always wants to try to figure it out, figure it out. And you're just going to put yourself into this perpetual loop. So I think it's important to know who you are, but not try to figure it out. And what I mean by that is intellect versus experience. So you can experience something, but like balance, right? You can experience balance, but you try to explain it. No one could actually get balance from you explaining it. It has to be experienced. That's the best way I could put it.
1: It's a great example. Great example. Um, was there a further conversation when you said, what's the what's the purpose? And he said, you're asking the wrong question. Or was that the end of the conversation? That was the end of the conversation. Yeah, in yeah. words. And then you took it into your head.
0: Yeah, and, because yeah. I, and I, t- for sure, it, it spurred on this whole thought process, right? And it took me out of the present and I totally got it once I got present. <laughs>
1: amazing so you have you said you have uh going back into uh your your day job your your world here in what you do day to day you have uh, 50 agents working um under you
0: yeah i don't even like to say under yeah, we no. work together um, yeah but yeah w- there's a there's a collaborative group of 50 agents that work together
1: that you though are responsible for uh bringing together
0: yeah myself and and a lot of i mean a lot of it's really been from the other agents bringing on other agents
1: Whether it's something like that or not, um, how does the person listening succeed at their version of collecting the necessary team around them? How did you accomplish something like that? What traits and elements were in place to make that happen?
0: It's actually good you bring this up because it ties it back into what we just talked about, and it's alignment. So if you're not in alignment with the people that you work with day in, day out, you're just making your life hard. You're literally creating self-destructive patterns and unnecessary suffering. If you're in alignment with the people that you work with and you guys believe in similar values and morals and, and the bigger picture mission is the same, then it's much easier and life is much better.
1: And is there an attraction base here? Like it, it, it perpetuates and then the right people sort of attract to you and vice versa?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, I've had uh, several of my agents like come to me and say, Oh, you know, I want to sit with you and talk because I heard you speak somewhere or, you know, someone said, this is what you're doing. I want to do the same thing. So it always starts with some level of connection. And then, you know, and, and have we brought on people that were in, not in alignment we have, you know, and it's, it's constantly like a filtering, but you know, the more clear I get on my mission and share it, it actually creates that funnel where it's like, okay wow, that sounds exactly what I want and you know, and I want to be a part of that. So with my mission to help agents create wealth in real estate and they know that they're not getting what they need from the traditional big box brokerage, that's a start to it. That's just the surface level. But when they have a bigger picture mission in terms of who they are and what they want to bring to the world, that's really what we're after. We're really after giving people more life so they can bring more of who they are and and experience, experience the life that they were, you know, that they deserve, that they were given.
1: It's amazing. It's the same thing that I relate to hosting a podcast and creating a podcast for people. That's just the vehicle, but it's what that will and can do for you and the greater good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why you're good at asking these discovery questions, which helps, you know, get it out there.
1: Yeah, I hope you see the connection because this has been a uh, really um, satisfying and um, productive and important conversation. I feel it. I hope you feel it, too. I know our I listener feels it as well.
0: I appreciate that. And, you know, if if I can help anyone, this is why I did this. Yeah. You
1: know, y- Wrapping up what we spoke about, putting it all into a nice, neat perspective for the person listening. What is that one thing they need to walk away with? They need to hear. They need to know. Um,
0: step back reevaluate what you really want out of this life and, and don't let anything stop you.
1: I will leave you with this final question. Steve Seymour, how would you like to be remembered?
0: Ooh, that's a tough one. I would like to be remembered from being a heart-focused person. So coming from the heart, you know, always putting people before anything else, right? Because I think the relationships that we have are the most important thing. When we, when we die... The the only thing that will matter is the relationships that you leave behind.
1: Absolutely beautiful. I hope uh, you got something out of it as you are tuning into this episode. I know I sure did. I'm going to go and uh, reflect on this very, very uh, wonderful of you and with you to open up like this. Thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you letting me share, share my voice and being so good at guiding me through this conversation.